Support comes from Audiology Center of Northern Colorado, providing caring and comprehensive services with a strong focus on giving back to the community. A private, independently owned practice that provides hearing services to patients of all ages, caring for you as if you're part of our own family. Learn more at audiologycenternoco.com. The following is a loudspeaker special presentation. Corbin versus the world was recorded in front of a live studio audience. The character of Corbin is a work of fiction and is meant to represent your hopes, dreams, and your fears and bears no resemblance to the real Corbin, who actually hates music. He also hates New Year's specials. This is being done under a court order. This show was produced without oversight or approval from the FCC and listening to it is probably a crime where you live. It would probably piss off Dick Clark too, which was one of Corbin's lifelong goals. All interviews, jokes, and statements are a figment of your imagination. No one was harmed in the making of this show, except our producer Chris, who would happily do absolutely anything else if his agent could find him a better gig. Alas, here he remains. Corbin would like to thank you for listening, and encourages you to send him money because he will undoubtedly squander this most recent financial windfall. He'll pay you back eventually, he swears. Anyone who takes offense to any of the content on this show is politely invited to send their hate mail to Matthew Perry's ghost. Now sit back, pour yourself a cool beverage, and enjoy the ride. 619 days ago on Corbin vs. the World. I don't sleep. My secret weapon is this cool energy drink, Power Boom, and it's awesome. Pass me my Power Boom! Are you sure? This is your third can. It tastes kind of like radioactive waste. You drank all of it. God damn it! Boss, I am detecting an erratic heartbeat. Whoa, I can only see in black and white now. That's really interesting. Thank you for calling Boom Corporation. Can I have Boom Poison Control, please? So, uh, I've been looking at your chart. I think I have Parvo. Your heart is currently beating at 200 beats per minute. Is that bad? You are aware that Power Poom is illegal in at least 20 different countries, right? It's basically meth. Because mm -hmm. why, why don't they just make the can smaller? You can take that up with the company. They're currently dealing with a huge multi-million dollar lawsuit. That makes a lot of sense. Rico, why didn't you warn me about any of this? It seemed to make you happy. And now, the big moment we've been waiting for. We'll hear the roar of the crowd, booing the background. They are going to remember tonight forever. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Evening, beautiful people. Welcome to a brand new, belated, special, magical, wonderful, sparkling, brand new edition of Corbin vs. the World, year-end edition. I am your hero, Corbin David Alba, galloping down the hills to Helm's Deep with his team of merry horsemen, those horsemen being the greatest tunes of 2023, ready to save you in this twilight of our nearly belated year. Let us dance together as we sing Sayonara to the year of 2023. Now, before we get started, boys and girls, let's go ahead and address the white elephant in the room. Hello, Mr. Elephant. It's been an amount of time since we last comfortably shared this holy audio space 
since you last heard my smoky, sultry voice, and I apologize for that deeply. I hope you understand. I have been spending the last year and a half navigating a very tricky legal and medical situation, and, um, well, we'll we'll go ahead and unpack all the nitty-gritty of it. For starters, I quit my job at Poom. Well, rather... I was dismissed from Poom with prejudice because I was part of a class action lawsuit against them, and that requires even more backstory. So, if you listened to the show previously, before it all went on ice, like Han Solo at the end of Empire Strikes Back, then you will know that I was starting to get really, really into this new drink called Power Poom. Power Poom. Uh, it was the official juice of Poom, who was our corporate sponsor, among others things. They gave us a lot of money and products of theirs to sell on the show, and Power Poom was one of them. Uh, We used to get entire cases of it, and I was drinking like 12 of them a day. They did taste like Mountain Dew and Everclear, but it had like 20 different amphetamines in it, so you stopped caring about the taste after like the second drink. Uh, Obviously, I didn't know about the amphetamines at the time uh, because all the ingredients were written in Swedish and I don't know Swedish and also I don't read ingredients on my products because I'm not a fucking nerd. So it turns out uh, that stuff was like super, super addicting. Uh, Like I said, I was pounding like a dozen of them a day. I could have fought like a hundred Joanne's Fabric employees when I was drinking it, but it was also tearing my body apart. It was really, really, really horrible for my liver and my kidneys and my small intestine, and my gallbladder, uh, etc. So, uh, I ended up with, uh, I think the doctors called it, quote, multiple organ system failure, and I was put in an emergency medical coma um, after I went to the doctor, because my nose went numb, uh, and he said that my heartbeat sounded like when rappers make gun sounds with their mouths, so we realized we needed to do something about that, hence the medical coma. So that's the bad and the scary news. The good news is, uh, obviously, I am okay now. Uh, They did a procedure while I was in the coma, and I had a vision while I was in the coma, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, In the procedure, they used, like, stem cells or some shit. I wasn't really paying attention afterwards uh, to repair everything. I thought uh, that they were going to give me robot parts, but they didn't have robot small intestines yet. Thanks, Elon, for nothing. Uh, So that was a bit of a bummer. Anyway, after I came out of my power poom overdose coma thing and finished my outpatient treatment program, which took an amount of time, I got to join a class action lawsuit against Poom with like a dozen other people whose livelihoods and lifestyles were damaged from abusing Power Poom. And that experience was super great, super eye-opening. Uh, I got to meet some really, really cool people. Uh, I met this retired preschool teacher named Heidi. She is a sweetheart. She does landscape paintings of um, like coasts and shit. She wakeboards. She told me about her acid flashbacks from college. She was great, but I'm getting off track class action lawsuit. That was a thing. I got fired after it got filed, which is 
I guess, understandable. It's kind of hard to do a recurring show from someone when you're suing them, uh, which is what the lawyer explained to me, and their legal department kept reminding me. I still wanted to do the show, but Poom was like, oh, you're suing us, fuck you, and ultimately I realized that that was kind of a valid point. Uh, So that was also a huge bummer. Uh, Show went on ice, really wanted to do the show, but our lawyer said it was a bad idea, something, something intellectual property, something, something countersuit. So that went on for a while. I got really depressed. I watched like all of The Sopranos, which was not a great idea at all. Great show, but but not great when when you're dealing with an existential funk. But the light at the end of the tunnel and the conclusion of this story is I got or rather we got a huge out of court settlement from Poom. We apparently had a really strong case, and Poom didn't want a bunch of stuff to come out in Discovery or something like that. I've been watching a lot of Suits after Sopranos, so now I know what Discovery is. So we settled for a fairly significant amount of money. Like, legally, I'm not allowed to share how much, uh, but let's just say that Heidi got paid, like, fucking dollars. So, like, she can landscape paint all she wants, which is amazing, and I love that for Heidi. Uh, As for me, well, I was a little bit more modest in my demands. Uh, Despite my lawyer's insistence, I did what Jesus would have done if Jesus had to negotiate an out-of-court settlement. My demands were simple. All I asked was enough to afford my daily bread a modest living space for myself on the coast, a bitchin' recording studio also on the coast, the intellectual rights to Corbin versus the world, and my producer, Chris. So, long story short, too late. I've got a pretty good thing going on here. I'm ready to share some pretty good things with you, my beautiful listener. All the fruits that sprouted from the angry fighting tree that is 2023, you are about to hear. First up... We got our first song in the rotation. You guys remember Geese, right? Those of you who heard the show previously, uh, I shot them in my studio once. It was a whole thing. And I realize now that it wasn't actually the band Geese that I was interviewing, but actually literal Geese. But that didn't really register at the time because I was heavy into the power poom by that point. But again, digressions. Geese, young, hotshot, up and coming, slash, already came, rock band out of New York. They put together a hot little debut record last year. I was a huge fan. It was great. Knocked me off my socks. I also was lucky enough to see them open up for Spoon in Denver. True story. And I was blown away by how much swagger this band had live. Much more swagger than that debut suggested. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a great debut. It was solid. But it rocked in like that too cool for school way that you get from some New York bands like the Black Turtleneck, you smoking cigarettes in the back, maybe a closet cocaine habit. I don't know. But seeing it translated to a live atmosphere was a far different animal. The geese were loud. The geese were rocking. The geese's cocaine habit was definitely not in the closet. And they were swinging that BDE, that big Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead energy all over the stage. And all I could think watching them was... Holy shit, there are so many divorced dads out to see Spoon. But also, holy shit, I want Geese's next album to feel like this. And they must have heard my thoughts. 
because I'm a very loud thinker. Because their latest album, 3D Country, that's the name, is a very pure distillation of that beautiful manic energy I saw from them that night. It is wild. It is adventurous. It's got noodly guitar epics about cowboys tripping on mescaline or something like that. It's beautiful. And it, like all the other tracks I'm going to be playing tonight, is one of my absolute favorites of the year. That's the idea behind this show. Now, sit back, my beautiful listener, strap in and enjoy the ride with Geese and their title track off their album, 3D Country. Since I was born, I've heard the voice of the father. Girls in the one ear, all out the other. Hit me, baby, show me the floor. I was Cassidy's gunman, she was his daughter.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing 3D Country by Geese. And hopefully you put on your 3D glasses to enjoy that song to its maximum potential. If you did not receive that in time, it is the holiday season, so please be patient. The prime delivery should be there by the end of the new year. If it is not, uh, then that's my bad. Sorry, I did my Christmas shopping a little bit late. Uh, 3D Country is a track off of Geese's new album that came out in June, coincidentally also titled 3D Country. Crazy coincidence, I know. That might be why they call it a title track. That's a vocabulary lesson for you. You can have that one for free. Speaking of things that are free, be sure to check out our parent station, loudspeaker.org. That's loudspeaker.org in your web browser of choice. It is the home of a lovely bunch of podcasts, such as this one, and a constant stream of music that rides underneath the radar that you are sure to love. So we are going to keep our tempo up as I continue shooting off my magic Gatling gun of beautiful tunes at your eardrums, my elusive and agile listener. We are playing the absolute best tracks from the best artists, in my not-so-humble esteemed opinion, of 2023, in no particular order. We're not ranking anything here. We're not going to make it a competition, except for the last track. What's the last track, Corbin? No, no, no. You got to listen all the way to the end to find out. Or just check the Spotify running order. But that's lame. Don't do that. That's like looking at the plot of a movie on Wikipedia while we're watching it. And you don't want to do that. That's bad date behavior. And you don't know that you can trust that article on Wikipedia anyway. It's Wikipedia. Anyone can edit it. Anyway, this next track I have for you is off another frequent flyer on Corbin versus the World. He is an Australian artist who goes by the name of Genesis Awusu. An unbelievably fun name to say and equally fun to hear. His amazing debut record, Smiling With No Teeth, came out in 2021, one of my favorites of the year. And I was all aboard the Genesis Owusu hype train, Choo Choo. He released his follow-up album this year, which I was very much looking forward to. It is called Struggler which is a term that all of us can surely empathize with in this, shall we say, more challenging year than usual. It was a bit of a rough year. It was a bit of a weird year, but it was also a learning year. And sometimes you gotta have challenging years in order to learn. My Uncle Cletus taught me that when he told me the story of him losing his ring finger to frostbite and his other ring finger to a faulty garbage disposal. Uncle Cletus was not a lucky man. When he got married, he got a ring for his thumb, since obviously he didn't have a ring finger, and everyone always thought that was a little bit weird, and then his thumb ended up swelling up from gout, and he wasn't able to take it off ever, even after he got divorced, which everyone always made fun of him for at Thanksgiving. Family reunions are fun. Anyway, this track, which is dedicated to my Uncle Cletus, who is always trying to be a better man, this song is called Tied Up by Genesis a wusu. Uh, Cut, then I feel 
Welcome back to Corbin vs. the World, where we fucking loved Godzilla Minus One. That has absolutely nothing to do with any of the previous tracks that you just heard, but I need to let everyone know that Godzilla Minus One was amazing. It rocked and rolled all day long. Sweet Susie, I want everyone to go see it. It was the best Godzilla movie, and dare I say it, hot take alert, put on your gloves, best actual movie of 2023 yeah i said it you can keep your barbies and your oppenheimers and your barbenheimers and your ass city and your skinnamarinka dinky dink biggity bullshit give me giant monsters and heartfelt human stories and subtitles and all that beautiful stuff in between mostly the giant monsters but all the other stuff is cool too anyway that's my first of many public service announcements moving forward on this show of shows you just got done hearing tied up by genesis owusu all of us as one trying to be a better man or better woe man as the case may be that was our first track after tied up we all jumped collectively into the yawning abyss that was the name of the second track I'm such a clever bitch. By a group called Creep Show. If you enjoyed that track, it is in fact a collaboration between two different musical artists who might be of interest to you. The vocals are provided by John Grant, Canadian indie rock artist and the creator of the song GMF, which if you've never heard it before, stands for Greatest Motherfucker, and it's one of my favorite songs of all time. No jerk, that's a true story. Love John Grant. It's John Grant and the group Wrangler, not related to the Jeans. It is a collaboration between three different independent experimental artists who also have their own projects. And I realize that we might be getting into a slippery slope here, so I'm not going to get into that. We could end up in an infinite feedback loop of indie artists and their five million side projects that are named things like Vermilion Poop Street. And so I, I have a flow chart for it somewhere, but I didn't bring it because i'm never prepared so anyway creep show really good stuff check that album out fun fact i went to an edm show this year first time i've ever gone to an edm show by the way that was interesting uh it was also called creep show porter robinson headlined so there were a lot of weebs all over the place i went through a haunted house uh, which was really cool. It was close to Halloween, but I do think that all music festivals should have a haunted house moving forward. Take notes, Bonnaroo. It was dope. Had a great time. In the haunted house, they had a recreation of Dr. Satan's lair from House of a Thousand Corpses. That was awesome. I totally geeked out. Favorite memory of the year. Not so much when I got kicked out for drop kicking a jigsaw puppet that came around the corner and took me by surprise. But that's why I compartmentalized my memories. It was kind of bullshit. Want my money back. Didn't even get to see Tobin Bell. But that is not the point of this podcast. Back to the music. The last song in that rotation was a new artist in the Corbin versus the World sphere by the name of Miss Grit with some very heavy St. Vincent energy that they are bringing to the party. That track was called Follow the Cyborg off her new album, also called Follow the Cyborg, 
We're all about the title tracks in this edition of Corbin versus the World. Miss Grit is the stage name for New York-based artist Margaret Sohn. They have been putting out music since 2019 in the form of a couple EPs, but Follow the Cyborg is their first full-length album, and it finally dropped this year. It's a very smart, cohesive, wonderful piece of work, and it's also got a great cover. Uh, It's got uh, Miss Grit with a whole bunch of cables running through her mouth like something out of a Cronenberg movie, and it's disgusting, and I love it. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed when I first heard the overall album because I thought with it being called Follow the Cyborg, it would be a concept album about Blade Runner, a famous movie where cyborgs are, in fact, followed first by Harrison Ford and then by Barbie's Ken in the reboot. I thought that Follow the Cyborg would be a concept album that told Blade Runner from the perspective of Harrison Ford or Ken, but it was not, which was nearly a bummer. But then I remembered It's still a really, really good album. And that's the most important part anyway. So let's move onward and upward to some more new tunes. Are you guys feeling patriotic and poppy? You bet your bald eagle I am. I got a heater from the band U.S. Girls off their album called Bless This Mess. It is called Only Daedalus. The song title is a reference to Daedalus, the guy in Greek mythology who created wings for him and his teenage son Icarus to escape imprisonment in a tall-ass tower, and the wings worked out really well until Icarus flew too close to the sun because he was a dipshit, and then the wings melted and Icarus fell to a horrible, horrible death. Sad. U.S. Girls is a reference to the United States of America, which contains girls. Anyway, here's the song. That you made for me You know I'm not interested at all 
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. We just had a triple threat of girl power in that last trio of tracks. Starting us off was U.S. Girls and their track Only Daedalus. Shouts out to my Greek mythology nerds off her latest album called Bless This Mess. Fun fact about U.S. Girls. They're actually from Toronto in Canada with poutine and hockey and inflation. So U.S. girls have had a string of consecutively solid albums over the course of their career, including my personal favorite called In a Poem Unlimited that came out in 2018. Feel free to take a deep dive sometime if you're feeling froggy. After that song, we had a new-ish pop artist on the scene by the name of Big Pig out of the U. K. There's two I's in each of those words, so it might be pronounced Big Pig, uh, and I really hope that's true, because it's really fun to say. That song was called This Is What They Meant off her EP earlier this year called Bubblegum. She's chewing bubblegum on the cover, so that's faithful to the title. She had a new music video drop recently for a new song called Watch Me. And all I'm going to say about it is if sweaty female bodybuilders, bass womps, and black babushkas are your fetish, this might be your lucky day. And also, you might want to consider therapy. Maybe. Here's hoping that there is a full-length album in the future for Big Pig. Finally, a turbo blast of nuclear cold wave called Heat. And it's by a group called Nuovo Testamento off their album called Love Lines. If you dig on that, you can also check out their debut album, New Earth, that came out in 2021. If you ever want to time travel to a dance floor in the 1980s, you will find that both of those albums will punch your ticket, spray your hair, and acid wash your jeans. Dig it and dig in. Coming up next for you, I got a band with another fun name. They're called Mandy, Indiana. Like they're a town in Indiana, also known as the ping pong capital of the world. I was so, so very excited when I heard this band that I just had to discover more about them. So I went online, I bought a ticket to fly out to Mandy, Indiana and see the sights, see what could have influenced this band. And I made a huge dramatic discovery. There is no fucking town called Mandy, Indiana. It took me like three days to figure that out, and I got a bunch of really weird looks from Indianaians, Indianites. I don't, I don't know what the exact nomenclature is. Uh, I ended up watching a shitload of college football, so that was cool. I guess that's like all they do over there. So that was an eye-opening experience for me, and I did broaden my horizons in that way, but I unfortunately did not learn anything new about Mandy, Indiana. I was forced to do my own research like some goober from the 21st century. It turns out that they're not actually from Indiana, which, you know, trust issues. I, I had to get over that. They are, in fact, an English group. What? And they sing in French. I know French, the language. Please don't change the channel. I'm begging you. I'm going to be upfront and honest with you while I'm introducing these next group of songs. There are actually two tracks in this next rotation that are in French. 
I swear to God, I didn't do it on purpose. That's just the way that the little hamster algorithms in my brain sorted it out. Um, they are different kinds of French. One, the Mandy Indiana, that's more of a violent, ominous French, like the original High Tension with the, with the killer truck driver. And the other is more of an urbane, sophisticated, groovy dance floor French, like a, like a film school movie from like the 1970s by like Jean-Luc Godard. Or I don't know any other French directors. So for now, let's get back to Mandy, Indiana. It is a weird track. It's a wonderful track. It's creepy, but most importantly, it grooves. The next stop in our tour bus through the best songs of 2023 is going to take us through the imaginary town of Mandy, Indiana. Feel free to stop and take a selfie as we pass through, and you are about to hear their track, Pinking Shears, off their debut album, I've Seen Away. Very, very excited about this one. Enjoy. Je suis fatiguée, je sais pas si je suis fatiguée, ça me remet à épuiser, ça fait des années que je suis fatiguée. Putain, si je suis fatiguée, y'a pas moyen de positiver, y'a 
Bonjour, bienvenue, willkommen, back to Corbin versus the world. I am your Secretary General of the UN and of Joy, and we just got done getting a little weird with it, with some tracks by Mandy Indiana, the band Sextile out of Los Angeles, and a little duet from Alan Palomo. A little bit more on that in just a second. We got not one, but two different tracks in French to satisfy your cultural white lotus yearnings. Why pay for a passport when you could just listen to Corbin versus the world? That's my selling point for you. If you like the thump thump and the bump bump of the second track that you heard, then I strongly, heavily suggest checking out the group Sextile. They're out of L.A. and dropped a dirty hit of ecstasy called Push. That's the name of the album, and that has been on heavy rotation for me since the fall. The song you heard was called Contortion, which is the leadoff track on that album. That's something that I cannot do because I have scoliosis, but that track is a pure groove for sketchy people. Now, I want to talk just a bit about our last track in that spread. That was the Alan Palomo track. I uh, want to shine a special spotlight on there. You might be a little bit more familiar with Alan Palomo from his work as Neon Indian, who was a heavy hitter back in the indie dark ages of the late 2000s when Chill Wave was popular. Everything sounded like Adult Swim and everyone dressed like Bonnie Vare. He had a hit with the song Polish Girl in 2013, which became a staple of your local H&M retail location. He made a pivot to something weirder and funkier in 2015 with his album Vega International Night School, which is a fucking mouthful and does not roll off the tongue very well. Thanks for that, Alan. Good album, though. Big fan of that. And then he vanished. Poof. Dropped off the map for a number of years. And who does a thing like that, I wonder? So inconsiderate of their fans. But he has returned, hooray, using his given surname with an album that is one of the grooviest and most interesting of the year. It is called World of Hassle and combines a lot of that stoner computer nerd funk that powered him in his youth with a much more mature collection of influences. It's got saxophones, for instance. It's got Leonard Cohen-style spoken word, for instance. And in my opinion, it's the best 21st century yacht rock album I have heard in a long, long time. Move over, Ghost of Jimmy Buffett. That song we played was the third track on that album, and it is called Metrière. And hopefully I pronounced the R correctly, so uh, my French teacher from high school does not come and chase me down and beat me. We're going to switch it up for our next round of songs. We've had an amount of synths and drum machines and bleeps and bloops and bass and all that fun stuff, but it's about time we hit the bread and butter, we open up the garage, and we unleash the guitars. There's a whole bunch of new, exciting guitar bands hitting the scene over the last couple of years, and I'm going to be playing a few newer groups as well as an old 
favorite to hold down the fort in our next triage. It is a great time to be a guitar band fan because the boomerang and nostalgia is starting to come around to the late 90s and early 2000s, which was the beginning of my musical puberty. So it's a little bit of a strange feeling hearing these newer bands and hearing the DNA of your favorite bands from years past in it. It's a weird feeling but it's also a good feeling. It's a powerful feeling. So leading us off is going to be Ibex Clone out of Memphis, Tennessee, also known as the ping pong capital of the world. They claim groups like XTC, Meat Puppets, and Guided by Voices as strong influences on their debut album called All Channels Clear. They are named after the Ibex, which is a type of wild mountain goat that can be found in Africa and parts of Eurasia. They survive on roots and other wild bush leaves. They are characterized by their giant cartoon viking horns, and you probably saw them at the zoo one time. There are many different varieties of ibex, including the Iberian ibex, the Nubian ibex, the Siberian ibex, and the Ethiopian ibex. This is by no means a full account of every species of ibex. This has absolutely nothing to do with the band Ibex Clone, who are human and possess no horns, literal or musical. I just really, really like animals. Ibex Clone recently put out an album called No Channels Clear, which I mentioned, but I was talking about animals, so I forgot. It's great. This is the intro that Ibex Clone wrote for the album on their website. I don't know if they wrote it. Uh, maybe their manager wrote it and they're uh, very jaded creative writing major i don't know uh but the intro sounds a lot like the pitch for a sci-fi series on prime that 40 people watch so i hope you enjoy it imagine a world apart from our own an agrarian utopia where the corroded cables of the 20th century lie in moss-covered heaps and the mississippi river runs clear new structures rise from the detritus gnarled patchworks of the natural world and everything else humanity left behind. This is a world where Nirvana and NAFTA never happened. Punk didn't break out, but bloomed, and all guitars jangle in the breeze. This is the world of Ibex Clone and their new album, All Channels Clear. Whoa, bro. A lot of bong rips went into the writing of that one. The song's better, I promise. This is their song, Nothing Ever Changes. Time 
mosquitoes all along their arms then drove on home in separate cars Do you think anyone has ever thrown a whole pizza into the ocean? I have no doubt that there have been countless individual pizza slices that have been thrown into the ocean over like multiple centuries in which pizza has been a thing. Like I wouldn't doubt that for a second. Someone throws a pizza party on a cruise or a yacht or a skiff. I don't fucking know boats. A battleship. And they realize that they can't eat it all. And so they just chuck the extra slice or two. Uh, into the ocean, you know, something for the fishes, and that's it. But but I'm I'm saying like a whole round circular uncut pizza, just like hucked into the middle of the ocean like a frisbee for reasons unknown, and it just like bobs up and down in the ocean indefinitely, like like a buoy made of cheese and marinara until it gets eaten by a dolphin or or a whale or a kraken and. Anyway, for some reason, that's been a recurring intrusive thought for me lately, uh, and I just wanted to articulate that to all of you because I can't afford a therapist. Uh, so if you or anyone you know has ever thrown a whole pizza into the ocean, please shoot me a direct message on Instagram at Corbin versus the world so I can finally sleep at night. Anyway, I guess we were playing music while I was going down that rabbit hole. First up in that rotation was the song Nothing Ever Changes by Ibex Clone. Next up, we had The OCs, one of my favorite weirdo garage groups. They've been around for a hot minute. That song was called Goon, which is a great insult that has sadly fallen out of fashion, and I think it should be brought back personally. The OCs have some of the best album titles in the game, such as 2017's Orc. 2015's Mutilator Defeated at Last, and my personal favorite, their 2019 album called Face Stabber, which is not to be confused with their song Toe Cutter. You can see they have a vibe. I really like the OCs. Finally, we had my favorite song title of our episode's playlist. That is Yes! Yes! A thousand times Yes! That's the name of the track. It is by the Florida-based band Home Is Where. If that brand of twinkly guitar, feedback, angsty screaming about your feelings is your brand, please do yourself a favor and listen to their debut EP from a couple years ago called I Became Birds. And then listen to their full-length album, The Whaler like in the Moby Dick sense. It's very important to me that every single album release of theirs references an animal in some way. Uh, the Whaler obviously has nothing to do with The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser, but it is just as impressive. Uh, hello? Uh, yeah, it's, it's me. It's other, 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 other Corbin. Uh, I'm still stuck in The Whale. Uh, I just thought I'd bring that up since you're talking about whales. Hello? Would you shut the fuck up, other, 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 Corbin? Go hang out with Jonathan Majors Kang. None of you are real anymore. You open up a dimensional rift just to be a little bitch.
Home is where are part of the latest wave of emo that is rising in the ranks right now. I think we're on the fifth wave of emo now. Checking my chart. First wave of emo was hardcore kids who like to cry. Second wave of emo was spaghetti noodle guitar nerds who like to cry. Third wave was hot topic kids who like to cry. Fourth wave was college freshmen who like to cry. And the fifth wave is kids with banjos and trumpets who like to cry. That's a handy dandy guide for you. Coming up next, we're going to turn down the lights and turn on the black lights. It's time to rock and rave one of my favorite industrial electronic groups health is here to blow your eardrums they are very kind to grace us with a new album in the cold month of december called rat wars which is as cold and alienating as the winter months without the soft warm commercial glow of santa claus to give us relief it's gonna get a little loud in here for a little while after health You're going to hear one of my favorite new bands. They are called MS Paint. All caps, all one word. MS Paint. Like the program you fucked around with in elementary school if you, like me, belong to the new greatest generation. They're a punk band without a guitar. How do you do that, Corbin? You're going to find out. And you're going to like it. And tying it all together will be another new killer star from the UK called heartworms bring the noise this is health and their song ashamed i know i shouldn't come here but i got nowhere to go
You ever hear a song by an artist for the first time and you just have that moment where you think, yeah, these guys already know exactly what they're about. That's how I felt when I heard Heartworms, when I first heard that last song you heard, which is called Retributions of an Awful Life, which coincidentally was the working title for my memoir. Sorry to see that they beat me to the punch, but they probably deserve it more. The song is way better than my memoir at this point. Um... Great song. Anyone who can make a quote from Peter Pan sounds sinister and ominous has got a special thing going on, and Heartworms has a special place in my heart right now. It is the project of UK-based artist Jojo Orme, and that track can be found on their EP from this year called A Comforting Notion. No full-length album just yet, but you can reasonably assume that there will be one in the tubes sooner rather than later. You can hear a lot of influences in that musical DNA of Retributions of an Awful Life. You got some post-punk, you got some goth in there, some electronic elements, but one that I bet you wouldn't anticipate, and there's not a joke coming here, I promise, is 2000's indie rock royalty The Shins, the band who made the song that will change your life from Garden State. In an interview given to NME, Jojo Orme stated that the inspiration for the band name actually came from the Shins' last album in 2017, which is called Heartworms. So, you learn something new every day. You learn that, and you learned all about Ibexes. You've learned so much on this show today. If you dug on that, you can also find a new single of hers that just came out a month ago called May I Comply. Yes, Heartworms. Yes, you may. Thank you for asking. Not to mention the song that played before that, second song in the rotation, that was the aforementioned MS Paint, who I was talking about earlier. That was their song, Acid. They put out a full-length debut record this year called Post American. Great title. And the quality of the album is just as good as that title. Probably in my top five albums of the year in the toy gun to my head. You got to pick five type way. Like I was hyping earlier, it is punky, moshy pit music, but without guitars. It's just synths and drums and yelling and a whole lot of righteous anger. I never thought that such a guitarless thing would be possible, but these are the musical miracles that we are bearing witness to in our year of 2023. Yet another group who you will be hearing much more about in the coming future, I have no doubt. They just got finished up with a big tour with hardcore heavyweight Drain, who also put out a great album this year, if you like punching holes in your drywall. There is a strong, powerful resurgence in hardcore and hardcore-based music going on in rock music right now, spearheaded by the success of Baltimore-based Turnstile who I love very much. Very exciting stuff, which you will be hearing plenty more of during future editions of Corbin vs. the World in the New Year. And yes, that is confirmation. There will be more shows. There will be more Corbins fighting the world. This is not an ECW one-night stand. This is the beginning of a beautiful long-term commitment. We have brought out the pocket defibrillation paddles, and we are shocking this bad boy back into life, going into the new year like the Frankenstein that it is. You will have new episodes of Corbin vs. the World to look forward to in our new year. 
as well as other Corbin, that's me, related content as the year goes on. Be sure to follow me at Corbin versus the world on Instagram to stay up to date with those developments. But we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. We've got one more grouping of songs for you to peruse and enjoy before we wrap things up with our last best song of 2023. And they are some heavy hitters. This is the Aaron Judge, the Shohei Otani of our lineup. If that doesn't mean anything to you, watch some fucking baseball, you nerd. First and foremost, we're going to be playing one of my absolute favorite current groups in the game, Detroit-based band Proto-Martyr. That means First Martyr, who put out one of their absolute best albums this year called Formal Growth in the Desert, which was my second working title for my memoir. So now I've got to go completely back to the drawing board. Like any Proto-Martyr album, it has got a particular consistent vibe that is held up throughout their entire discography. They're kind of like the musical equivalent of an English professor who goes out and gets drunk at the local dive bar and bums cigarettes from the bartender after closing time and sings some Dead Kennedys at karaoke. He's possibly played by Paul Giamatti. I don't know. That that one's up to you. That's Steeler's choice. That's a visual that I get, at least. You are going to be hearing from that album called Polycrylic's Kid. After that, you will be treated to another one of my gun-to-head top five album of the year treats. They are called Military Gun, and they have been tearing it up this past year and a half between two hot releases and plenty of touring. I caught them earlier this year when they opened up for White Reaper, amazing show, who you will hear in this rotation closing us out. Uh, I had a great time at that show. I held hands with a girl who was wearing a Marlboro jacket, but I didn't get her number because I lost her in a mosh pit, which hearing that all said out loud, that does sound a bit like lyrics from a car seat headrest song, but we will prefer to focus on the fact that I got to see Military Gun and it was a total win for me. It is aggressive, but in a triumphant way, like Rocky at the end of Rocky 2 or me. If I got Marlboro Jacket Girl's number before the mosh pit happened. Okay, I said I'm not going to dwell on that. I'll just mope on it a little bit, and you can mope with me while this Proto Martyr song plays. This is Polacrylic's Kid. No more smoke, just dumb in my jaws. Hey! 
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing Paul Acrylic's Kid by Proto Martyr off of their new album, Formal Growth in the Desert. Next, you heard Military Gun and their song, Never Fucked Up Twice. If you dug on that, then you should check out the new Split EP that they just did with the band Bully, that thing that rich British people say when they're excited. They did a cover of that song along with Bully, and it is much more stripped down and acoustic and sentimental. I didn't know there was a way to make that song sound heartfelt, but it is, in fact, possible. So check that one out sometime if you're feeling curious. And finally, White Reaper off of their very, very good new album. That album is called Asking for a Ride, and that song was called Heaven or Not bringing us home with some beautiful 80s-style arena rock ballads. Hopefully you brought your lighters out and waved them around while the song was playing and you didn't start any fires, and if you did, it's okay, you can blame it on me. I won't cover you. Maybe I will. I don't know. I have a shitload of settlement money. Anyway, we're getting to the end, guys. I'm going to close out this special year-end episode with my favorite song of the year. Now, don't get it twisted. This is not a countdown show, and I said that before. It's not a countdown show by any Willy Wonka, Taffy Stretch of the Imagination. Trying to rank any of these songs is a lot like asking me to rank adorable dancing dog videos on YouTube. They all bring me joy in a special way, and there's no way to objectively rank that joy that each song or each dancing dog video can bring me at any given time. So, that is not the criteria from which I would canonize this particular song as my favorite. I give it that title because it is one that I have found a lot of, we'll call personal significance with. So the song is called Somebody Else, and it's by a band called Pinch. And to uh, shed some light on why that song is so important to me at this current time, I guess I should talk a little bit more about my near-death experience when I was in the coma that I was talking about earlier, that whole thing. So I had an experience when I was in that coma. might have been a dream. It might have been a message from the other side. might have been a little premature DMT. Who knows? Who knows how the machinations of the universe work? But during this coma, I had a vision that I was in a booth at a TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays closed down a while ago, so I knew I must be dead. And Henry Kissinger was there. Former Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger. He's dead now, which that was also a tip-off. So during that time, we shared a plate of fried mozzarella sticks, which was my favorite thing to get at TGI Fridays when I was a kid. Henry Kissinger also liked mozzarella sticks, and we bonded over this fact. Uh, while we were eating, Henry told me a lot of things, and a lot of those things I can't really remember because I was eating mozzarella sticks. But one thing that stood out a lot and I still remembered it after I woke up from that coma. He told me that I need to live the life that I want to live, that I need to be true to myself, that true happiness lies in living that truth to yourself. He lived to be a hundred because he lived the life that he wanted to live. From the time that he was a small child in Nazi Germany, he knew in his heart that he wanted to destabilize multiple governments in Southern Asia. And he did just that. He followed his dream. And I said, thank you, Henry. Thank you for sharing that wisdom. I had never heard that kind of advice before. And then Henry Kissinger shot me. 
He shot me four times in the chest with a revolver, which I guess he had underneath the table the entire time, which, again, trust issues, and I don't really know why he did that. I guess he is a dick, like a lot of people said, but yeah, he shot me in the chest after we had that great talk, and it hurt a lot, uh, literally and metaphorically, because I thought we were having a really good conversation, and we were bonding, and he paid for the mozzarella sticks, but then he shot me, and then I wake up as soon as he did that. So that's, that's always going to be a mystery to me. But ever since I woke up, I've been thinking a lot about what the ghost of Henry Kissinger told me, and I think he did have a point. Not about bombing Cambodia, but about being true to myself. And I think that's something I haven't really been doing these last couple years. I've been focusing on money, on prestige, on social media clout, on, on you know, stupid jobs, these very, very ephemeral things that, that are hard to actually get true validation from. And so I ask myself the question, like, what does bring you validation? What does bring you joy? What is actually true to yourself? And that's the thing that I would like to change moving forward into this new year. Uh, that is the reason why I'm doing this show again, because I love music. I love exposing people to new music, and I love doing goofy shit. And if there's even one person out there listening who enjoys new music and goofy shit, then I am very happy to have contributed to your existence because that's the best I can do. And there is going to be more where that came from as we enter our brave, new, scary world of 2024. We've got an election coming up and all sorts of insanity. And I want to make, I want to create, I want to build a cozy little bunker for you my beautiful, humble listener, to hunker down in as the world goes crazy circus pants. This song that you're going to hear is called Somebody Else, and it's by a group called Pinch, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you didn't, that's cool too. We'll have plenty more next year. So, if you dug on this, like I've said before, follow me at Corbin vs. The World on Instagram. Follow us at Loudspeaker. On Instagram, you can also go to loudspeaker.org to check out our streams, check out our other wonderful podcasts. I look forward to hearing and seeing you in the new year. I will talk to you later. I appreciate you.
guy that made us sound like goats fucking hate goat guy goat man goat man goat man i can play basketball too i have a new children's book out it's called goat man wants to play there are no publishers yet but surely someone will record my someone will will reply to my emails eventually they were like, Goatman looks too demonic. I was like, you sound closed-minded. You, you can have a children's hero that looks like the Baphomet, okay? The 21st century. Grow up. Goatman is patient. Goatman is strong. The children love when Goatman comes to play. He smells way better than Ibex Man. Not even Ibex Man, it's Ibex Clone. We couldn't get Ibex Man for the movie, so we had to clone his ass. Jangle in the breeze. This is the world of Ibex Clone and their new album, All Channels Clear. <laughs> Whoa, dude. <laughs> Who the fuck writes this shit? This has been a listener-supported production of Loudspeaker Studios. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.org.